Hey guys, welcome back to another Hold My Mic podcast. Um, I'm your host, JP Vargas. Thank you guys for joining me. Happy Friday. So uh, at first, when I started this podcast, I said I was going to do it uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but just kind of listening over my own episodes and stuff like that, uh, I just realized that I should, you know, uh, go with the quality over quantity uh, method. So I, I'm a shorten my podcast from uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to Mondays and Fridays. Like I said, just to make sure you guys hear the best product. And um, I know people like consistency and, um, you know, like a regular scheduled program type thing. But I I feel like just for you guys and for myself um, to be happy with with this little project, Mondays and Fridays would be better just because I would have more time to do my homework in between and just ramp up my ideas and stuff like that. So just just a little announcement, um, going to be Mondays and Fridays now instead of Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, but yeah, today we got a pretty jam packed show. Uh, we'll be talking about the trade deadline that happened yesterday in the NBA and We'll be talking about obviously the Super Bowl, the big game this Sunday between the Bengals and the Rams. Um, so yeah, let's get let's get started. Um, uh, first, basically, it, it wasn't really a. Uh, there's only been uh, I guess two or three headlining trades. Um, there was a bunch of trades where it's just like opening up roster spots or just dumping money away just for the future or or role playing players. Um, mostly this trade deadline. Obviously, the I, I say two or three headliners were pretty good initially. I, w- I was kind of pissed or kind of annoyed. I, it didn't make sense to me, but I kind of slept on him for, for some of these trades and just kind of compiled my thoughts. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. The first trade, obviously, the headliner was James Harden traded to Philly. Um, the trade basically was James Harden to Philly for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond and two first round picks that the Nets get. Okay, so to be honest, my first initial thought was why? Like why why would the Sixers do this? So I, I feel like this is kind of like you you guys have heard of this, like sports are a microcosm of society. So I kinda thought about that uh saying and I thought about Amazon. So obviously, right, Amazon big, big company um, you get your things in two to three days with Amazon Prime, and you, you kind of see how that like impacted other companies like retail stores and like you know other online shopping sites. And ever since Amazon Prime was a thing, where it's like, oh, you get your things two day shipping, like right in your doorstep, like no hassle. Basically, they get everything right pretty much. Um, you see these companies, they try to keep up, and they're like, oh. Uh, let's let's do it in one day let's do it in two days or a day and a half or whatever the case may be i worked in retail for a couple years and for example one one of the companies i worked for uh started off let for example uh you gotta do the pickup orders that the customers do in like an hour the competitor literally like the week after was like oh we're gonna do it in 30 minutes and then the store i worked for was like okay you're going to do it in 30 minutes. Let's do it in 15. And yeah, for the customer, right? It's great. Oh, I get my stuff in 15 minutes, curbside pickup or whatever the case may be, right? 
but does does that really like I, like I said with my podcast quantity over quality or other way around quality over quantity I'm sorry about that are you really getting the best you know experience like 15 minutes isn't really a lot to to you know gather up the order and make sure everything's correct so I, I kind of feel like this trade was like that so a little background so the Sixers GM Daryl Morey obviously we know him he he was Houston's uh, GM a couple years back and guess what who, who he traded for James Harden and then Daryl Morey he even made a book and in that book he said James Harden like changed my life forever James he he mentioned that James Harden's like revolutionized basketball that he took the Rockets to a place that they never imagined Daryl Morey is named one of the best GMs in the NBA apparently because of James Harden and what they did mind you they didn't do shit they they made it to the Western Conference Finals a couple times and that's pretty much it they had great regular seasons but they they didn't make it to the finals once so whatever it is um anyways so this is, I think, what happened. So Philly had James Harden no matter what. In the offseason, they could have waited and got James Harden for basically nothing. Yeah, they would have had to dump some salaries for like Tobias Harris, for example. Like his contract is outrageous. But I think they wouldn't have minded. Tobias Harris is an average player. Like dump him and give James Harden compared to what they did now where they had to dump one of their best shooters, Seth Curry, a great backup for, for Joel Embiid, which was Andre Drummond, which he is a solid backup. And then two first round picks. And mind you, they're in the same division. Not not just conference, in the same division. They play the, each other like four times a year, four or five times. And they, they did this. Yeah, it's Ben Simmons hasn't played. He can't shoot. But he wasn't going to play there no matter what. Philly hated him. And like Joel Embiid bashed him. His coach bashed Ben Simmons as well. So he wasn't going to play. What's the rush? Like, okay, let, let, let's go back. So... Let's say this season nothing happened, right? James Harden's still in the Nets. Ben Simmons is in seven and still in the 76ers. Offseason comes. James Harden is a free agent, right? Because he didn't opt in. He didn't sign the extension this year. So he's a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. Daryl Morey, obviously his best bud, his past GM, his past boss, comes knocking on his door, gives him a a five-year, $250, $260 million contract on the table. Who would who would say no to that? You're obviously dealing with Joel Embiid, one of the best players in the league, MVP candidate this year. Second, you're not dealing with Kyrie's BS with the whole vaccine mandate. And I, I saw a report where, like, when they played in Cleveland oh, in the away game, um, Kyrie was like doing sage in the stadium, obviously, because he, he thought that was like negative vibes. Obviously, he played there for a couple years. And then James Harden looked at him weird, like side item. And then Kyrie was like, what are you looking at? And they had kind of like a weird beef or awkwardness between each other. KD's injured and he's been injured. Obviously, he had an Achilles and, and now his knee again. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. James Harden is kind of annoyed. Like, hey, I signed up for basketball for championships, not a vaccine issue. And then a player that that's injured. Yeah, KD's a top two, top three player in the league right now. But, you know, he's been injured a couple years. And, you know, 
why 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 Philly give up again all those pieces to a division rival where you're probably going to see each other in the playoffs when you could have just waited again goes back to the Amazon thing like people want things fast they f- want things quick they want progress they want wins they want championships but you're you're not allowing your future to to take fold you know like let's say again they sign James Harden the Sixers do trade Ben Simmons for more pieces and more more things alongside Curry alongside Drummond alongside Joel and alongside James Harden yeah you lose Tobias Harris but who wouldn't want to lose Tobias Harris for James Harden and like you got a good backup in Maxi um you got Korkmaz as a shooter you got um Milton as an, a nice Lou Williams type player I don't know why they did that um I think they're underestimating Ben Simmons Ben Simmons yeah he can't shoot but he he's a great ass defender so when they face Giannis for example or Bam like Ben Simmons can guard Bam Adebayo easily Giannis maybe he'll make it difficult but and he's a facilitator you know he doesn't need a score because they have Kyrie and KD so all he's gonna do there is assist rebound and defend that's all he needs to do and he he's probably gonna play the five so he's gonna have the whole floor to do whatever he wants that was an issue in 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 Philly your best player Joel Embiid was a, a center so he had to be on the floor and then obviously the spacing with Ben Simmons wasn't going to be there because Ben Simmons can't shoot but now you got KD and Kyrie just give them the ball and just defend and rebound plus they got two picks which guarantee you they're in the win now mode so they're just going to use those two picks and I don't know for example Seth Curry and they're going to offload him and get another role player or another borderline all-star so I think the Brooklyn Nets won this. Um, the Sixers got too impatient. They should have just waited. Yeah, you, you're wasting a year of Joel Embiid's prime, and he's an MVP candidate. But look at look at the, the landscape of the NBA right now. Let's say James Harden stayed. James Harden was already checked out. You think he's going to check back in? He was already out of shape because he wanted to leave. You still got... Kyrie Irving with the vaccine issue so he might not play in your home games because of the whole mandate and then obviously KD you, you can rely on him but you think that's going to get you to the far in the playoffs so the Nets aren't an issue the only issue would be like the Heat and Milwaukee so you're top three without the trade so make make the conference finals let's say you lose okay you regroup you get James Harden in free agency and you still have the same squad basically the only, I think, one-year player was Andre Drummond, who has a one-year contract, but that's it. Everyone else is under contract. I don't know, man. I think the Sixers have fucked up here. I think the Nets, they won out. I, I even heard as soon as this trade happened, I thought I saw a report that the Nets were just going to offload those two picks and get Miles Turner. You imagine Miles Turner at the five, spreading the floor, Ben Simmons, KD, and then like two guards for the Nets. That is a like great defensive team they can switch everything they can spread the floor that that would have been insane so i don't know man we'll see they play march 10th i think 
So that'll be great TV, but I think the Nets won this won this trade for a fact. Yeah, Sixers got James Harden, but I don't, I don't believe in him. I'm not, I haven't been a fan of him. He gives up on his team. He's not professional. He doesn't take care of his like physical body. He he all all he cares about is his lifestyle. You know, like he, I don't. Yeah, he gets numbers, triple doubles, like amazing dribble, but. As a winner, yeah, he made it to the conference finals. He wanted to offload CP3, and look at how that that goes. CP3 is like in the Suns, the best team in the league, and now James Harden's a fat ass, basically getting injured. Oh, and mind you, I didn't talk about the the contract. So, uh, Bobby Marks on ESPN, like he's a numbers guru for like trades and stuff like that. He he said so if he signs his extension in the in off season, James Harden. He's going to get paid $62 million as a 38-year-old. How do you think that's going to look for Philly? You think it's going to be like a Russell Westbrook experiment again, like the Lakers are experiencing right now? But at least Russell Westbrook takes care of his body. James Harden at 38, you imagine that? Getting paid $62 million. That That's crazy. I, I don't know what Philly was thinking. Obviously, they have to win either this year or next year. If not, it is a total failure. And Ben Simmons is younger. So let's say it doesn't work out. You can trade him and get more pieces, whatever. I don't know. I think people were telling me, oh, Philly got James Harden. Yeah, they got James Harden. Good for them. But they could have got him for, for less in the offseason. Anyways, that I, after I rambled about that, the next trade uh, that I have here, let me see. Okay, I got the Mavericks send Perzingis to the Wizards. Made no sense to me. Perzingis, like I said, I, I had him as my third backcourt player for an all-star this year because the backcourt for the West was kind of shrunk because Paul George was injured, Kawhi was injured. So, um, yeah, I, th- I had Perzingis as like my third backcourt player as an all-star. And they gave him away for Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been injured and inconsistent as hell. Davis Bertans, who since signing that extension with the Wizards, has not made... Like, he shoots. He's a, he's a shooter. Like, a spread the floor forward and, or power forward. He hasn't made his shots in, in, in the Wizards. So, I don't know what they were thinking. The Wizards got Kristaps. Great player. So obviously Bradley Beal's out for this year, but let's say he comes back. You got a pick and roll threat, pick and pop threat, and you got a pick out of it. So I don't know. The Mavericks probably thought that in the playoffs, Luka's going to have the ball 40 minutes of the freaking 48-minute game, and they're they're going to double Luka, and then he has to pass it to another ball handler. But yeah, Spencer can handle the ball. He can. He's not a great assist man. And he's not like a consistent three-point shooter, so I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they thought Kristaps was going to be injured again or something like that. They offload him. I don't know. It was a head-scratcher to me. I give the Wizards a nod in this one. Unless David Bertans becomes David Bertans in the Spurs. So if he gets, at least they got, like, kind of replaced Kristaps with Davis Bertans a little bit. Just in the shooting and spreading the floor aspect. So I think the Wizards won that one. Uh, let's see what else we got. We got Celtics acquire Derek White from the Spurs. The Celtics get Derek White. The Spurs get Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a cu- couple first-round picks. 
hey, maybe this works for the Celtics. Uh, I think they've been complaining about not having a point guard. Derek White can defend. He's an un- unselfish player as a point guard. He's from San- he's like in the San Antonio system, so he knows how to play basketball well um, and correctly with the fundamentals and stuff like that. So maybe Josh Richardson is a good 3 and D player. Romeo Langford's been riding the bench. Two first-round picks, one next year, and then one 2028. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I think that's a good trade for the Celtics. Uh, what else? Oh, another big one was the Bucks get Serge Ibaka. Um, it depends what Serge Ibaka gets to the Bucks. If Serge is motivated and healthy, I know he has a bad back. Um, that's a great pickup. He bl- he br- protects the rim. He can space the floor. They got rid of uh, Dante DiVincenzo, which right now it looks bad. Like you think, oh, Dante DiVincenzo, who's he? But it looks bad. Um, last night the Bucks played the Suns, and um. What's his name? Connington, the shooter. He broke his hand in the game. So now they have, they're they're running short on guards. So they just traded one of their primary guards, Dante DiVincenzo. They lost Connington now with a broken hand. I don't know how long he's gonna be out. So I don't know. Um, it, it's a high high risk, high reward type of trade. If Sergio Baga comes in healthy and right, that's a great trade. Um, let's see what else. Um, Oh, and then the really good trade, I think, was CJ to the Pelicans. Um, this obviously depends on how Zion comes back. So, obviously, you got a pick-and-roll threat, pick-and-pop threat, CJ and Zion uh, as a pick-and-roll partner. Um, I think that they want to be in the plan, they said, this year. They're, they're not that far out. I think they're either 11th or or 10th uh, place right now. Um, so that's a great pickup. They also got Larry Nance and Tony Snell from the Blazers. They gave up uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Th- Thomas Zadaransky, and Josh Hart. Um, I like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's lengthy. He can defend. He can dribble. Josh Hart's a glue guy, 3 and D type player. But the Pelicans got a steal. They got CJ and Larry Nance. The Blazers, I don't know what they're doing. They got a couple picks out of it, but the Blazers are tanking. I don't know what Dame Lillard's about to do, if he's going to stay or request a trade. Uh, the reports say he wants to stay, and the Blazers are, are pitching to him that, oh, we have this cap space now because we traded all our players. I don't know who wants to go to Portland, bro. It rains all the time. Um, they're in a tough division in the West or a conference in the West, so I don't know. I think they're just painting a pretty picture, and it's just going to crash down. Um, The Cavs got Karis LeVert for Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio was having a fantastic season for the Cavs, but he got hurt. So they just needed some more guard play, and then someone to attack the paint, and Karis LeVert can't do that. I was kind of scared because they're doing well. The ball movement's there this year, and Karis LeVert's kind of like a ball stopper, Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams top player where he just dribbles and then he shoots or penetrates. But hopefully the coaching staff can get him right this year. And if it works out, it works out. Like, Karis LeVert is a good player. Um, The Blazers, like I said, they offloaded Covington and Powell to the Clippers for basically a couple 
trash cans and a refrigerator, basically. Eric Bledsoe, he can't shoot. He's just a penetrator. Justin Winslow, he's a great defender but can't shoot. A second-round pick and Keon Johnson, a rookie. What are they doing? Like, I don't know. Um, and then the other head-scratcher was the Kings got some bonus. And the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton. So... I don't think this is as bad as a trade as people were saying. Sabonis is a great all-star. Obviously, he's been an all-star, two-time all-star in the East, though. So, we'll see how that translates in the West. Um, and Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton, looking at his numbers, bro. They're 19, 8, and 8. For a second-year player, that's great. He's shooting, I think, 40% or more from the three-point line. He's 21 years old. So if you look at it as an upside type thing, yeah, Tyrese has a better upside because he's younger and he's a guard, so he can do more things. But Sabonis, he's a great pick-and-roll player, facil- facilitator. Like, give him, put him in the block, and he'll give you, like, you saw the first game, he got, like, you got like 28 points or something with like a couple double digit assists. They got the win versus the Timberwolves who are in the playoffs right now. So we'll see. I, I like Sabonis, you know, he's not a like move the needle player. Like, oh, you can't build a team around him, but he is a good player. Um, if you've had him like, for example, on a good team, like the Bucks or the, the Nets or something, he would have... From like a four seed, he'll he'll get you the second seed. Like he's a great player, I believe in him. Um, he can't shoot. I wish he could shoot a little bit better, but I, I think he he's a he's a great player, man. Um, one team I did not mention. Oh help me God. Um, you guys know I'm a LeBron fan. The Lakers uh, did absolutely nothing this year. I was on Twitter, and I think they have like a new feature or something where like. A Twitter page can start like a chat with other people that are interested. You can just join. And if you want to talk, you just kind of hit the raise your hand button. And they just, it's like a community type chat thing. So I joined one of the Lakers chats. I think his Twitter handle is like Lakers Central or something. I joined them. I listened in. And it, it was basically the same thing. I thought, man, they didn't do anything. Um, they gave us a false hope that they were going to trade Westbrook, which I honestly thought wasn't going to happen. The only way they were going to trade Westbrook was with John Wall. And the trade was apparently on the table, but the the Lakers denied it because they didn't want to include that first-round pick. So, obviously they said, fuck that, we're not destroying our future for one season. Um, LeBron's getting old. AD's always injured. Russ is Russ. So we're we're keeping that because we might need it in the off season. So yeah, they didn't do anything. Like you saw Tory Craig get signed with the Suns for like a second round pick. Tory Craig's a nice three and D guy. They could the Lakers could have used them. Um, that's it's it's insane. They didn't do anything uh, in the chat in the whole you know community thing on Twitter. People were saying they were gonna sit LeBron and AD, or they should because this season's a wash. Um, Right now, they're in the ninth seed, so they're in the play-in tournament. They're four games under 500, and their next, like, five to six games are brutal. They could literally be, like, eight to ten games under 500 by the end of, like, two weeks. They play the Warriors on Saturday. 
So that that's easily a no if they don't get together. The Clippers after that, the Clippers, they beat them earlier this like last week. They play the Mavs after that. You know how the Mavs are playing. They play the Jazz. They play the Pelicans, which is like a gimme. And you don't even know because they lost to the to the Trailblazers earlier. Then they play the Clippers again. And they play, I think, the Jazz after that. So at max, just being nice, they can win three games out of the next six. So it's not looking good, man. It is not looking good. The, I, I can blame the the the... I can point the finger to Rob Palenka, like not having balls to say no to LeBron because they had Buddy Heald on the table in the offseason. They had, apparently this is what's going to happen. So Buddy Heald was going to be a Laker for THT, no, excuse me, for Kuzma and Harold, which Kuzma, the, the Lakers community was pissed because his IQ was not as high as they would like. Harold didn't play defense and he was benched in the playoffs basically. So get a shooter to space the floor for Kuzma and Harold. Not bad. And then the killer. This is a killer. They were going to trade THT a couple picks for Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he doesn't score the ball as well because that's not what he does. He's a leader. He's a nice point guard. He defends. He does all the scrappy things that you want out of a player. So... Kyle Lowry, imagine, Kyle Lowry, Buddy Heald, they would have kept Caruso because they wouldn't have signed Westbrook. So they got Kyle Lowry, Westbrook, I mean, Caruso, LeBron, Buddy Heald, and then DeRozan, bro. DeRozan was a free agent. He said, according to a report, he was going to take a pay cut. You think he wanted to take a pay cut to play for his hometown team? And Kyle Lowry, his best bud? Come on. So look, right now they got Westbrook and... THT, LeBron, AD, and Stanley Johnson as a starting five. They could have had Kyle Lowry, Caruso, AD, DeRozan, and LeBron as a starting five. And imagine having like the vets that they have now as a bench. And Malik Monk, imagine having Malik Monk off the bench scoring, Carmelo scoring, Stanley Johnson as a defender. Bro, that would have been the killer. But no, LeBron and AD got superstar happy. They saw a player that, oh, he's a superstar. We got to get him. They told Rob to to basically fuck off with the whole Buddy Heald shit. Rob Palenka didn't have the balls to say no to him. And guess what? They did the trade. They mortgaged their future. They put like six or seven picks or something like that for Westbrook. They gave away, oh, not to mention KCP. I forgot about him. Um, so yeah, they, they gave away Kuzma, Harold, KCP, and like six or seven picks. They couldn't sign Caruso, one of their best players on defense, because of Westbrook. And they kept THT. So the blame goes to Rob Palenka, LeBron, and AD. And I feel bad for Frank Vogel, because he's probably going to get fired. He is probably going to get fired after this season. There is no going around it. And it, it's tough, because he, he has... You know, they gave them ingredients and they're like, yeah, make make a gourmet meal out of McDonald's. And yeah, it can be done, but it's hard. So I feel super bad for Frank. He's a great coach, I believe. Like he did a great job in, in Indiana. He, he almost kicked ass. Uh, he almost kicked the Heat's ass a couple years. He sucked in Magic, but the Magic are just terrible every single year. And now he, he did a good job. And 
one thing I actually I actually talked in that Twitter feed or Twitter community thing. I actually mentioned Jason Kidd and Jared Dudley are so underrated in this because you remember when LeBron had David Blatt as a coach in Cleveland? LeBron didn't respect him. LeBron just voiced his opinion to who? Ty Lue, a former player. So, yeah, let's say LeBron didn't respect Frank or didn't believe in him. He would have voiced his opinion to Jason Kidd, a former player, a former champion. And let's say they got into a bad record and Jason Kidd was still on the coaching staff. They would have fired Frank and they would have had Jason Kidd. And I guarantee I have full confidence in Jason Kidd to make the necessary adjustments, make the necessary game plans against teams to have a better record. And and LeBron had, a, had no problem with Jason Kidd as a head coach. And then Jared Dudley. Yeah, he doesn't do shit. He, he's a bench warmer, but he's a player that everyone respects. He, he talks... Out of his heart, people would listen to him. And in this situation where Westbrook is ass, and I bet no one's saying it, Jared Dudley would have stepped up. Rondo was another player of this, but he he left because Cavs needed a, a guard and he wanted Rondo wanted to play more. But now they don't have any of those veteran players, you know, that, that do the scrappy, that say the stuff that needs to be said. And it's it's a shit show. We'll see what, what happens, man, with with the Lakers. Um, it's not looking bright unless they have a kumbaya moment where they just sit down and they figure the shit out and they people were saying you gotta bring Westbrook off the bench it, it at this point try anything put him on the bench make him six man hey first man out of the bench Westbrook just do your thing shoot bricks or try to score more because LeBron and AD are in the bench. So you got the whole floor to yourself. Do something. But right now it is looking bad. And they're saying, oh, we're looking for the buyout. Who in the buyout market? Who's going to thread the needle? Who's going to, I mean, move the needle? I heard Paul Millsap. Paul, you think Paul Millsap? I think he's like 36, 37, 38 years old. You think he's going to win you games? Yeah, he might win you one game, but he's going to be sore the next game. He's not going to play the same. I don't I don't know. It's, it's looking tough, man, for the Lakers. Um, we will see, but obviously now the West Eastern conference is stacked. They got Philly, they got Milwaukee, they got Brooklyn, they got heat. Um, we'll see man, at Chicago, but we'll see. I think, I think Brooklyn fucked up. I mean, Philly fucked up. Brooklyn won this trade to me. Um, Indiana and the whole King situation, it, it is a head scratcher, but I, it's not that bad. I don't feel like. The Kings king the trade, if you know what I mean. Um, the Wizards with the Porzingis thing, that's kind of a head scratcher as well. And then the Serge Ibaka to the Bucks is uh, high risk, high reward in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's that's the trade deadline talk I have for you guys. Um, let's kind of move to the Super Bowl. We got the Bengals and the Rams. Uh, let me check the spread for you guys. As of today... Friday, February 11th, the Friday before the Super Bowl. I think the Bengals are... No, the Rams are favored by four. So, yeah, they're, they're favored by four. The over-under is 48.5. The money line, since he is plus 170, and the Rams are negative or minus 195. 
So if you're trying to make money, bet for the for the Ram. I mean for the Bengals. Um, I think the four point spread is kind of tight. Um, I think it should be a little bit higher than that. Um, I saw Nick Wright said it should be like a seven and a half spread, which I, I'm not mad at that. Um, on paper, it is going to be a blowout. On paper, you got the Rams, like one of the best defensive lines. So you got Aaron Donald, you got Floyd, you got Von Miller, you got on the backside, you got Weddle, you got Ramsey. Um, and you got a great ass coach in Sean McVay. Um, the running back Acres is is really good as well. I excuse me, he 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 tore his Achilles in the beginning of the season and he's back. Usually Achilles is like a whole year and a half, two year recovery process, and he just came back from a torn Achilles as a running back. So that's insane. I don't know what he did. I don't know what doctor he went to. That that's remarkable. Like every time he runs the ball, I like cringe because I feel like that thing's made out of plastic or something. Because I feel like it's gonna pop or something. But great story. Um, the Bengals, honestly, um, they got Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Um, I like their defense on the in the red zone. They're like 70 percent, like not allowing touchdowns in the red zone. So which that is super key. So if the Rams are in the red zone the whole time and the Bengals can keep them to field goals, that is that is great. That's the only way I feel like they can keep up. Cause we saw the Titans game, man. We saw Joe Burrow got sacked nine times, and I feel like the Rams are even are on the same level as the Titans, or even better as the Titans. So I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like I said, the spread is four points right now. Um, the people were saying the Rams are going to blow this out. But, hey, I, 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 my prediction, I say the Bengals are going to win. Just, just on Joe Burrow. Just on that. The Cinderella story, he, he's just cool, calm, and collected. His demeanor is, like, contagious. Like, he, he's just his interviews and his, like, his swag and his outfits, it makes me want to go out there and play for him, you know? So just off him, I feel like I'm I'm using my heart over my mind this game. Because, like I said, bro, they got Jamar Chase, they got Jalen Ramsey. They're going to, they'll cancel each other out. Who else they got? They got Nixon as, as their running back. But like I said, the Rams defensive line is is crazy. Um, I think one of their tight ends, the Bengals tight end, is injured. I don't know if he's gonna play. They got Higgins, I believe his name is. I don't. I don't know. They, it's gonna be tough on paper. Like the Rams are a super team compared to the Bengals, but I feel like this has a game. Like you know, I think it's Joe Namath at, when the Jets played um, back back way back when in the Super Bowl, um, where he guaranteed they were gonna win uh, the Super Bowl against. And they were underdogs that game, so he guaranteed. They were going to win. I feel like this has a feeling like Joe is like, we're going to win this game versus like this amazing team in SoFi Stadium. So it's a basically a, a Rams home game. Everything's against the Bengals. I'm telling you everything. But I ha- just something about me says the Bengals are going to gonna take take this dent, take this win. I, I say, like I said, the over-under is 48 and a half. I'm picking the Bengals. 
24 to 20. I'm picking that. 24 to 20, the Bengals. Just because he, Joe Burrow, he got sacked nine times with the Titans, and he got the dub. He made timely throws when he can, when he could. So I, I feel like he'll, he'll have a chance. But the Bengals got to have a great game plan. They got to offset the, the, the rushing attack of the Rams. They got to throw screens. They got to... You know, running back draws, stuff like that, just to kind of get get them off balance. Um, because if, if it's just like Joe Burrow, seven, five, five or seven step uh, in the pocket type plays, it's going to be a long day for Joe Burrow. But that that is my pick for the Super Bowl. The, the halftime show, I think it's like Mary J. Blige, um, Snoop Dogg, yeah, um, Kendrick Lamar, we got Dr. Dre. Um, I think that's every artist that's going to be in the halftime show. It's going to be great. That's like, it's in LA. So that's basically a perfect scenery for all those guys that I mentioned. It's going to be a good, good halftime show as well. Um, but yeah, that is my pick. Super Bowl pick 2420, the Bengals on top. Um, thank you guys for listening today. Uh, let me know what you guys thought. Um, please spread the word about this podcast and hope you enjoyed see y'all next time enjoy that super bowl enjoy your weekend and um peace